Welcome to the Jesus Said Love podcast. This is a space where we talk about what it means to awaken hope and empower change. Listen, for over a decade, Em and I have been fostering relationships with men and women who've been impacted by the commercial sex industry. And it's through those relationships that Jesus Said Love was born. We figured it was time to talk about what this ministry has taught us and is still teaching us along the way. I promise it's going to be a place of conversation and story. And we hope you learn something new. Maybe you see something in a new way. Fun fact, you're going to hear music because Brett and I are musicians. Yep. We can't just talk. Nope. we got to sing and play too. We do. Here's the deal, guys. Our hope is that as you hear these stories, that you'll tap into your own story and that you'll be encouraged to live and love well like Jesus. Okay, we want to welcome you back to the Jesus Said Love podcast. And we are continuing our uh, episode with the refit friends of ours. Um, we are in the middle of a discussion on spiritual abuse. And I will tell you, um, this episode uh, does contain some uh, potentially triggering um, moments. And so uh, we want to be sensitive to that. And uh, you don't have to listen if you don't want to, clearly. Uh, but I can tell you that. Um, our friends go into some great detail um, of their experience um, with this conversation that uh, is clearly spiritually abusive um, and one that has, um, uh, it was definitely harmful. Um, so um, I guess proceed um, carefully. And uh, we really want to shine a light on this issue because it is happening more than uh, we probably want to acknowledge. And uh, our hope is that it gives um, others hope who have experienced this kind of trauma. Um, and I do want to say that there are a lot of great pastors and those um, in the ministry that are great people. Um, but there are also those who are um, harmful. And so uh, that's our goal behind this um, episode. And, um, and so without further ado, here is the continuation of our conversation with, um, Angela, Catherine and Emily from refit. So to bring some clarity to our listeners, you are married to, um, a professional baseball player and he, uh, you, you're on the road a lot. You're in different cities a lot. And, um, and, and he connected with that for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like somebody in his family was played yeah, baseball or something, something. Something like that. Someone mm-hmm. around him played baseball. Or maybe mm-hmm. somebody that he watched on TV and just made it someone mm-hmm. that he I think knew. there was a family member close yeah. to him oh, that okay. was in the same line. But in this conversation with Emily, if you go back and listen to it, Bon asked about specifically her sex life with her husband. So <laughs> I, I just can't even. He, he starts to ask about that. He I think what the from what I can remember the progression was, oh, y'all started dating when he was not a believer. Mm-hmm. Red flag. Correct. So he was younger in the faith than Emily. And then he second kind of red flag was like y'all are unequally yoked. 
And mm-hmm. I believe that's what the word, the words that he used were unequally Yeah, because he asked the two specific questions he asked Emily was, number one, who makes all the decisions in the mm-hmm. family? That's right, that's right. And it was a leading question because I think he already probably knew and mm-hmm. Emily confirmed by saying, well, I do because mm-hmm. he's on the road. Okay. He travels. I mean, mm-hmm. I have to. So that was kind of the priming the pump a little bit. Yeah. And then um, once he did find out how long they had dated, and yes, Tommy coming to know Jesus later in life, his point-blank question to Emily was, were y'all intimate before marriage? I don't understand how... So guys, remember, let, let's go back to the beginning. We're in a business meeting. Right. Right. We're right. in, a, we're in a, a business meeting. How do we go from, I want to hear more about your business and you hear about what I do, to... Were you and your husband intimate before marriage? How do we get there? Yeah. And so now you're on a fast moving train to mm-hmm. nowhereville because it what started out as creepy being led through mm-hmm. the cafeteria, but as you guys said in your pot, you didn't really have the senses to you weren't feeling you were just excited. Mm-hmm. You were naive. You were gullible, impressionable, whatever. I mean, like all of us are when we're trying to launch something new. And he takes advantage of that. He isolates you. He, he pulls you away from the masses, away from the crowd, and then begins interrogating. And you, Catherine, passed his test with flying colors. He didn't really have anything to land on there. He goes to Emily, and when he asks about her intimacy life, you step in, Angela, and you, you say... I put my hand on Emily's shoulder, and I said, you don't have to answer that, because she was crying. Her, so her he eyes has had her started to tears. Uh huh. And I think, you know, in retrospect, yeah. you know, you can tell a totally different story. Sure. But what I will say is that nothing felt wrong until his questions to Emily. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Nothing felt, uh, I mean, it was all a little challenging, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think we all felt suspect too. Oh, I wouldn't even just- say suspect. We weren't there yet. I think that it just felt we've, we've never done anything like this before, mm-hmm. but there was still hope. Mm-hmm. There was still, yeah, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep putting one foot in front of the other. And all the questions he was asking Catherine, okay, those are, wow, he's, he's really intentional about his faith. He really wants to make sure this partnership is going to mm-hmm. be equally yoked to use your word, you know? And so it, it was only when he moved to Emily and then to me that to your point, the train that we were on that we thought was heading towards a specific destination, not only were we no longer on that train anymore, but we didn't know where the brake was or how to get off or who the conductor was. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we knew who the conductor did, was. We didn't know how to get his off. His name is Bond. Did, 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 could you see that intimate question coming, or did it just, was it like, bam? To me, to it, me, it came bam. out of... <laughs> Out of nowhere. And I think probably, again, typically when you are having a conversation with someone that you don't know, you're either just getting to know them and your common social sense keeps it at a certain level top layer, you know, of the conversation, you you keep it light of just getting, getting to know one another, or you're going into a deeper conversation on purpose with a goal of some kind. And I think what mm-hmm. I kept not knowing and probably hindsight where my brain kept having to reorient was why are you asking these things? 
And that probably mm-hmm. was what elicited my emotion was mm. what confusion. Why do you want to know? Why do you want to know this? What, mm-hmm. how is this going to change your impact? What you say next? And what does that have to do with customer mm-hmm. service? <laughs> with collaboration. Mm-hmm. I will say his question wasn't out of context. I do want to make that distinction because the line of questioning was getting deeper with every layer that he was trying to peel back. So it wasn't out of context. It was just in that moment when he so overtly phrased the question that way, I, it's almost like my instinct in my head connected. Yeah. What I was feeling that I couldn't put words to all of a sudden my head clued in and I, I knew we just jumped off the cliff. We have jumped off the cliff. There's nothing off limits. And that's what just impulsively made me say, hey, you, you don't have to answer that. Mm-hmm. What, what, what is happening in him? Like when, when you say that Emily is tearing up, she's crying maybe, what, what is his vision? Like, do, can you remember what his face is Yeah, what's is his doing? countenance? What's, is he smiling? I, I do remember. He was so, he was calm, mm. methodical. Maybe? I wouldn't say he was particularly compassionate or... Um, he had like the furrowed brows. It was like yeah. deep thinking. Everything we mm. shared was a head nod and a. But it wasn't like, oh, I just stepped in a pile of poop. No, <laughs> calculated. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah, I and don't cool. Like, did mm-hmm. he have a warmth? No, uh-huh. I would say even a little bit removed. Yeah, yeah. But he was definitely comfortable. Mm. He wasn't. I think somebody said compassionate. He, he wasn't. He wasn't sympathizing with anyone in the moment through any emotion expressed. Mm-hmm. He wasn't affirming. I think he was validated. I think when, mm. whenever, and I don't know how much commentary you want us to give in the moment versus after we kind of get through the story, but I felt, I think he was feeling validated mm-hmm. by her response, mm-hmm. you know, like nailed it. Yeah. 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 Her God I wanted. I'm onto it. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You gave me some insight there. We're going to keep going down this road. Correct. And so you say you don't have to answer it. And so Emily doesn't answer anymore. It doesn't really go further and it turns to you. Yeah, I think y'all's session ended pretty briefly after that. Um, and so I, I do have to kind of add this. I am the most unsure when it comes to being in the presence of a male spiritual authority Mm -hmm. just because of my background which is why it was important to kind of talk about that I I know that very easily I will give over my own authority to someone in particular males who I feel like know more about God or better versed in the scriptures um, or have more wisdom and knowledge or experience and so I was watching what happened to Catherine. I was watching what happened to Emily to figure out what I was supposed to do, mm-hmm. not what I wanted to do, what I was supposed to do. And I got confused because I had Catherine that was very, in my opinion at the time, very complicit, very willing to share what he wanted and had three to four questions asked of her. And then I had Emily who that did not feel complicit and it felt violating. Mm. And yet at the same time, it didn't, she didn't feel like she had a choice whether or not to answer or not. And so I remember strategically making a decision 
which was in my head, I just said, tell him what he wants to hear, give it to him quickly, and then he'll go away. So that was my plan of attack. That's how I was going to take control over a situation that felt very much out of control. And so his first question was, you know, can you share a little bit about your testimony? And I just went for it. I, how naked can I get in front of you right now? What do you want to know? My mom wasn't mm-hmm. a believer. My dad left the church. I had an unplanned pregnancy with mm-hmm. a high school boyfriend. Um, I, I've been divorced. You know, I just tried to give him anything so that he didn't have anything to mm-hmm. sink his claws into, mm-hmm. you know. But he still found something mm-hmm. um, when he started asking questions about how much we travel and um, how much time I'm away from my kids. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's always going to be the nerve mm-hmm. that once that's hit. Um, and so at one point I start crying. Mm-hmm. He's, he's asked me questions and I I am crying. And so I physically turn all the way around with my purse and I put my back towards Mm -hmm. him and I look at Catherine and I'm crying and I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me compassionately, you know, she said, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And then I always get emotional. Mm -hmm. And then I turn around and I let him finish. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, you know, I can, Mm-hmm. It just feels so counter to who I am. Mm-hmm. But I hope it communicates in that moment just how out of control that we all felt. Mm-hmm. We couldn't save ourselves. Mm-hmm. We couldn't save each other. Yeah. Um, and it's so three yeah. on one. And yet still, this is that power of spiritual abuse. There are three capable, strong women there. But in the midst of a predator, <laughs> because it was... He, he was absolutely, and you said this in the podcast, but I felt like we just got raped. I mean, even in hearing, he was. Even in hearing you he use was. the language you're using right now, I mean, that is... 100%. My, my gut is in turmoil, <laughs> again. But that you, you, physic, you don't physically turn away from mm. pastors who mm-hmm. are really sharing Jesus with you. Mm-hmm. But something in you, something in your body, body said I'm not just saying no with my mouth I'm now saying no with my body mm-hmm. like and what did he do did he did he speak to that to you physically turning away no he's just cool and just staying yeah. his ground I don't remember there being any like words of comfort like it's okay we need to stop yeah I'm, are you okay did I offend you yes I don't he yeah he didn't he was for both Angela and Emily, he was harping in a lot on the the role of a woman. Mm. Mm. And he made the point that him and his wife had never gotten in a fight. Oh jeez. That's the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. Well, that's a problem. Or I was gonna say that she doesn't have a voice. <laughs> and that yeah, basically she'd never um he didn't say like talk back to her. Talk back to him. He ne- she never opposed him, oh, and that that was made in the context of the conversation around how long, how how often are you home? You have a, children ten and seven. 
mom he, and he said mom mm-hmm. i'm not real comfortable with you being gone that much mm-hmm. and he's Ooh. like writing notes and looking at his paper and he may have had like landry's name on it or kids ages or something and he's like circling it with his pen and he's like mom i don't I don't know how I feel about you being gone so much. Mm-hmm. I think there's something even wow. calculated in him addressing you as mom. Mm-hmm. That really yeah, it bothers is. me. It's a hundred percent. He's naming he's naming an insecure spot. Mm-hmm. He and is, he knows what he's doing. He is, and he's doing it as he's over he's over you. Uh huh. Because mm-hmm. I'm the dad. Yeah. Right. An older dad. Patriarch. An older dad at that. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. And my wife doesn't say no. Yeah. Yeah. How does it end? How it ends is the grossest part of it all. Um, we all finished. We were emotionally decimated, naked, sitting in front of him, really fully silenced because we were so blindsided by what had just happened. And he basically thanked us for our time. And then he slides a business card across the table And he says, you know, it's just occurred to me. But I think you guys might be interested in my services. I'm a life coach. And I I think I could probably help you guys with some of these things. And in that moment, I I don't know about Emily and Catherine, but the lights turn on for me. I I was able to see exactly what, all of that had been for. It had been for that moment. Mm-hmm. It was for him. It was so that we we were vulnerable and naked in front of a, in front of him, so that we would need him yeah. to put us back together. Oof, oof. And then you guys go out to the car, and mm-hmm. you kind of have this moment where you the lights are on, and your guy, you're like, we do not want that to stick on us or I mean you just kind of have this moment where well it was a trauma bond I mean what you guys experienced you were trauma bonded together with this guy but then you had to break that bond and and form Mm -hmm. really a healing moment Mm -hmm. I mean for you guys what was what was that about as you go back into the car yeah I think that um, we walked, I don't know why our, our tension, but I felt Catherine and I aligned to, to give our attention to Emily. Mm. I don't know exactly why. That's how my perspective remembers it. But I think Catherine um, prayed for us. And I said that, hey, nothing that he said needs to stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, just what Angela said. I just wanted Emily to know so bad. None of what he just said about you and your husband is true. Yeah. Like, or will be true. Yeah. It's not looming. It's not for, you know, foreshadowing what's to come Yeah, because of decisions you've made. I was just like, no, Yeah, like that, that is not, we're not taking that to heart today mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I mean, there were, what two years married i mean you guys were just fresh out of the gate and emily you you even speak to it in 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 y'all's episode that you were fighting off resentment towards your husband like he caused you to have moments Mm. of 
potential resentment towards your husband and that I just like, I know your Mm -hmm. husband and I know him as a beautiful human. Like he's beautiful, but he's, his inside (laughs) is beautiful. And he's one of the kindest men I've ever met in my life. And I think that's, I mean, just all of this makes me so y'all I'm so angry right now because of, of how, monstrous this guy was well because you take someone like bon guava and his position and even the nature around the conversation and tommy and i weren't just three years married we were 11 years into a relationship with one another you know this was not like we met had a short engagement and still getting to know each other this was um Already at that point, half of my life spent with him. And in a matter of an hour and a half, this strange stranger man had me questioning down to the root of if this was a decision that was actually blessed by God. You know, like, was this... It just, when it comes to spiritual abuse, it... it it goes to the nerve. It goes so far beyond just a hurtful conversation with a friend that's giving an opinion that you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is core identity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's core questioning who you are. Do Can I hear, can I trust myself? Mm-hmm. Can I, do I have any agency here over evil over threats over, you know, um, I mean, you guys were in full blown offline trauma mode. A hundred percent. There is just no question about it. And one of the things as I listened to the podcast, just obviously Brett and I aren't counselors. We've just done loads of our, (laughs) of our own work. And this is such the realm that we, are just stepping into the mud with. And when I listened to it, I couldn't get away from the, the fact that you guys were not just spiritually assaulted, but your womanhood, your very bodies or the thought of your sexuality was even brought up. Um, you were arousing to him what you guys, um, he watched you. He, you guys had just performed on a stage. Um, when I look at this setup, because when we look at, at trauma, then we look at the setup, right. Of like, okay, what's the priming? What's, what's guiding, what's leading to the trap of the predator. And it's not at all coincidence that he wanted right after stage, to get you not at all because you're you're open your bodies are open your hearts are open your endorphins are up you're very trusting well and he's aroused it's when it's he's aroused and it's when connection can happen um bodies are loose emotions are loose like yeah we feel good about ourselves like yeah you know it's it's after a refit class Mm -hmm. you have better connection with people after those endorphins are up, you can walk in closed, emotional, heavy, but after you move your body and after you're, 
you know, getting those endorphins going and you've lessened the stress response, you can connect with people. Mm -hmm. You can have that circle time like y'all do at refit in a safe, healthy way. Mm -hmm. But he knew, he knew I can get him. This almost, and I've been thinking it since we talked, since we started talking, it's almost like a timeshare presentation. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you go to the timeshare, you're already in Mexico or wherever yeah, you're, you're already at a different place and you're chill, but you have to go for the full 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can't <laughs> just go for 60 and you know, damn well, the conversation is not going to be 60 minutes, but you have to be in their presence to do their song and dance for the full 90 minutes. And he did that. Like he, it's almost like he checked, like maybe he shared time or sold timeshares before he became a pastor or whatever you want to call him. Um, and he prayed on that. Mm-hmm. Like he prayed on, mm-hmm. and when you wouldn't give him what he wanted, he dug further, or when you didn't give him the writing. It's like the the timeshare guy, babe. Remember when we were on that trip and he kept saying, I told him from the very beginning, we're not going to buy the timeshare. You can go and like, give me the champagne. We're, we're going to sit here for the 90 minutes, but we're not buying. We're here for the and free at the very, massage. At the very end, <laughs> right? At the very end, he goes, okay, you're ready to sign. And I said, ha, remember at the beginning, I told you we weren't going to do this. And he goes, what did I do wrong? And I said, what you did wrong is you didn't take me for my word. Mm -hmm. I said we weren't buying. So then he sent over another person. Mm -hmm. What did he do wrong? Again, you all are doing wrong because you didn't listen to what I said. This is not going to (laughs) happen. So, yeah. But in in those moments, and and we could look back on it. So one of the interesting things is like we'd love to say the past isn't alive. But the truth is, is that it is because it is with you in your present body because you're here right now. And just the fact that you can still get emotional about this because the harm is still real. It doesn't mean he's spoken truth over you. It means your body remembers Mm -hmm. your body remembers the harm. It remembers what went wrong in that moment. Did anything about that feel familiar? The trapping the, yeah. I mean, what, what was that like? Yeah. What were those familiar? I think, I think that's why I passed the test mm. is because it, the whole setup was very familiar to me. Like to hear Emily just say a moment ago, you don't get to be new and ask those questions. Like you don't get to be a new person in my life. And that was not my experience in the evangelical culture. It was, Oh, life group leader or whoever leaders leader mm. gets to ask me whatever because they're the boss's boss right. and they know God more. And clearly God is going to move through the boss's boss uh-huh. because they are close to Jesus. Mm. So I think for me, I also beat myself up about not being as alert, mm-hmm. but we've talked since and it's, in part because I was conditioned to be okay with that, Mm -hmm. to be okay with you can ask me whatever you want and tell me whatever you think, because Mm -hmm. if I don't listen to you, then I'll be disobedient Mm. and I'll miss God Mm. and I don't want to miss God. Yeah. And I think too, would you say it's fair to say that you were in a culture where this like full exposure of yourself and your deepest darkest secrets is is cherished applauded yes is acknowledged is positively received it's almost like a cleansing because you get to just vomit it all out there and then you've got this live group leader that's gonna pray over you and you're kind of done p-r-a-y not p-r-e-y right right right. (laughs) yeah right 
So you were probably, just to reiterate what you said, you probably were just familiar to behaving in that way. Mm -hmm. Did you, Catherine, even though you felt familiar in the complicitness of the moment and conditioned to be okay and give permission to this God-knowing, God-fearing man, did you ever, while witnessing what's happened to them, feel like, oh, no, this is wrong now? Yeah. Was there a shift? So two things. One would be permission's an interesting word because I don't feel like I had an option to not give permission. Okay. Because this person is a spiritual authority. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. So. Because authority (laughs) means you just. Yeah. You give them permission. They have it. Oh, they have. They they have been. Okay. You don't have a choice. No. Okay. That's, that's how you were that's conditioned. That's the conditioning. Yes. Yeah. So that when you said permission, I was like, oh, I had, I had to give permission. I have agency in this? <laughs> yeah. That was not on my radar. Okay. Um, I think your second question, did I feel like this was not, not okay? I was conflicted. And I shared this, I think, in our podcast. I had these moments where I was like, oh, Emily's getting emotional. God's going to move. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. And I hate saying that out loud. Yeah. I feel gross. I'm crying just thinking about it because that's wrong. That's not how God moves. Um, but you had been conditioned, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so sad to, because, because then that shame you're bearing, mm-hmm. you're bearing the shame of how you were conditioned. That mm-hmm. actually isn't your, your, even your complicity isn't your shame to bear, mm-hmm. but it becomes your shame to bear. Because then you feel guilty for it. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. a question. Wait. I, I'm sorry. It, the second part of that question is, did you know something was wrong? Underneath, yes. Like there was the maybe gu- a shift. Yes. Something the was gut, weird. I can't tell you all, through my whole like spiritual rearing, I always had this like wind. Yeah. Just like gut underneath it all going, this isn't right. But I was telling myself that's, you being disobedient. Yeah. That's your flesh. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't trust your body or your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, obey and move forward. Uh-huh. Um, so, and did you guys feel trapped? Did you feel Emily and Angela stuck? Stuck by Bond or mm-hmm. with, by ask, answering his questions? Like you could, you didn't have a way out. Yes. And it sounds weird to say that. Cause I think what the listeners are probably saying, because it's the same thing my husband said when I went home is why'd you answer those questions? Why'd you go there? Why, 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 why did you, I can't communicate. And just in case I want your listeners to know, we're not like three naive, innocent, mindless women you know we're very strong and sure-footed and so I think that just speaks to the charisma Mm -hmm. the command Mm -hmm. the the position of authority that he lorded over us and our desire to be on the right side of God Mm -hmm. in all Mm -hmm. the things and Mm -hmm. yes it's gross to look back and say nope we answered all the questions and nope, we didn't tell him to stop. It's gross to say that. I don't think it's gross. It's just, we were so 
Yes, I think we can say we were naive. We were hopeful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also were just, I don't know, Emily, maybe you can say, I'm sure that there are moments when a person is experiencing trauma, it's the flight, fight or freeze. Mm-hmm. I think we were frozen. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. But we were still doing and, you know, being part of the conversation, but we were stuck. We didn't know what Probably to do. Probably disassociating a little bit. Yeah. And did that feel familiar? I've been here before. Let him have this or or whatever if it's, i give him all of this then it'll be he, he'll go away yeah yeah i can think back to scenarios with guys mm-hmm. not in a spiritual context but just being objectified mm-hmm. or being part of a, a an experience where there was one goal in mind yeah and not feeling super in control yeah of that experience mm-hmm. and your body if i don't when i the reason i say this isn't gross is what's gross is him mm-hmm. it's it's not there is no shame in what happened to you guys because you you were already conditioned for this very moment the evil that was at work in that moment was I'm taking these three girls, these three women and the enemy knows, I mean, the calling on your lives to release women into freedom. Like this is what you do with your life and the target on your backs to be bound Mm -hmm. is so evident in this whole story. And that the three of you, with the warfare that's at play um, for God to use this man, for God to use a man and for God to use a man of the cloth and all of the insecurities and the ways that you guys were navigating. It was a prime setup and your bodies couldn't move. Mm. Like I just want to bless your sweet and strong bodies with everything in me. They could not. Like, they couldn't. And they knew that. They they had remembered that feeling of being stuck before, which is why you, you literally, there was nowhere to go in that moment. Every combination that needed to happen was brought full throttle mm. to shut you down, to take your glory, to diminish it and say they're going to be my captives right here. And um, what I love about this is that you didn't let it stop you and that you're talking about it because that is what gives other women power and freedom. Um, Just as women in general, as a culture, all of us have been objectified. It doesn't matter if you've been assaulted, harassed, raped. um, It, if you are a woman growing up in America in 2020, the billboards and pornography alone are enough to condition your mind to complicit, Mm -hmm. to be complicit. Just, just be quiet. And this is, I'll get what I need from you. So I think all of us kind of have been conditioned and primed to walk into those scenarios already. But if you've got microaggressions at any point, it just amplifies the, the entrapment. Where did y'all go and how did you recover 
your glory mm-hmm. after that, your freedom. What were each of your just, what's your personal journey of recovery been like in this? Um, I'll say first, everybody take a deep breath. <laughs> it's, it's hard to talk about. I think mm. for me, because yes, I was in a Christian culture that was very similar to the moment I was in with Bon Guava. I was also in a relationship mm. that was the same. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> the same. And so, uh, it was from all angles for me, right. completely shut down, completely frozen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think to echo what you're saying about the body, I think each of us actually works out our healing mm-hmm. physically a lot of times, whether we know it or not. Um, but in leading women uh, in movement, positive movement and, you know, positive music, mm-hmm. uh, that that does the uh, like so much that you don't even cognitively know. Totally. Um, I mean, I've, I think we, I'm Angela and I go to the same church and you know, that, that has been a healing process being there. Um, done EMDR. Mm, okay. <laughs> Very helpful. Wow. Um, and I think for me, and it's why I love Angela and Emily so much and will make me very emotional probably here in a minute, but (laughs) they both are so keen and clear on their own voice Mm. and having a voice and giving me a voice, Mm. especially during that season that, um, that's been really healing for me. Yeah. To have two people next to me that have said, wait, what did you just say? Mm. (laughs) That, that situation you're in, not okay gathering, Mm. (laughs) you know, or Hey, next time, like you need to say something, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's been Mm. a safe place to, Mm -hmm. to try to speak, Mm -hmm. you know, is with them. Sisters. I mean, truly. Yeah. I, uh, so one of our business coach at, at one point was having us write personal mission statements and I was struggling with that because it felt too big you know like what is your life's purpose I don't know um and he said okay think about it this way how has it how has there been a pain in your life that you've processed to the point that it's now your purpose Mm. and when he said that you know I was able to come up with a mission statement which you know is just I want to see women empowered and I want to see people get off the sideline and onto center court. I want to mm-hmm. see them drive their own cars and get out of the passenger seat, advocating that strength in mm-hmm. women. And I can't help but wonder if a lot of that is because I will forever remember that the place of pain mm-hmm. when I didn't advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. And for some people, you know, like Catherine, it might take therapy and EMDR and like, getting that voice to rise to the surface so that you can speak from that authentic voice. But I think for people like me, it's just, it's a vow. It's Mm. never again. Mm. Will I be in that situation Mm. or allow someone else to be in that situation? I think that's why I've always advocated for Catherine, you know, during walks with her Mm -hmm. through her divorce and, you know, I, I didn't want to see her lose herself to a set of cultural or spiritual norms. Yeah. And so it was important for me to hear her 
choose herself, mm-hmm. even if it meant risking everything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it does. Yeah. Sometimes it requires that. So I don't know. I still think there's probably a lot of work to do personally mm-hmm. as we keep like digging this up. I'm having to like look in the mirror of, mm-hmm. I don't think we're done with this yet. <laughs> These emotions still feel a little too raw. Well, and it is like you uncover it, right? And so then the healing mm-hmm. starts to come. And it's a, such a process of acceptance, mm-hmm. you know, and turning to yourself with kindness for the ways that trauma occurred because there is so much shame that the enemy and that the darkness wants us to own mm-hmm. that isn't ours to own. Mm-hmm. But the only way we release is just turning toward ourselves with kindness. Emily, what about your journey? What's What has recovery from from this moment and perhaps several other moments that maybe you see now led to it, what, what has recovery looked like for you? Um, I will say that I am not one that um, typically processes pain very well or readily. Um, <laughs> I've been the one to wave the flag to say, time heals all, just give it enough time, <laughs> uh, <laughs> do enough other things, and you know, eventually it'll be a, a, a distant memory, right? Um, shove it right under that rug. <laughs> Hashtag seven. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But um, I think I was bitter towards the church as a whole. Um, I think mm-hmm. it kind of brought up, quite honestly, different times where I had felt misled or um, told instead of taught. And I want to be real careful in saying that because I don't have any previous examples of that. He just painted this picture where it was a much bigger theme or a much bigger um, representation in my mind. And I have um, had a lot of bitterness in my heart towards him for stirring up that anger. Um, Mm. And I think at the time... I wasn't voluntarily choosing to process anything. I was pushing back, um, creating distance space, asking far more questions than I had answers to. But looking back, that was me processing it. That was what that process looked like. And what I've seen on the other side of it is finding a God that can handle anger, frustration, who has answers to the most difficult questions and learning along the way that our marriage is exactly how it's supposed to function, that Mm -hmm. Tommy is who he needs to be and I am who I need to be and not continually looking left and right and seeing what should be different about our relationship. And, and even now my parenting, you know, I, I recall the, the conversation with, with all three of us in that moment and, you know, Bond calling out Angela's motherhood and me carrying that lesson with me that, that that's not true. And that truth doesn't apply to me either. In the same way that it, it was a lie to her, that same representation is a lie to me as well. And um, 
yeah, there's there's been a lot of, of very practical life lessons that have come from that and a lot of security that I've actually gained from that season of questioning. Mm. Wow. Well, you guys are brave and you still, I know Brett has the big question. <laughs> of, I do, but I don't, I don't want to jump over. I, I'm just so sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not out of a, it's not a pity. It's like, I'm sorry that we humans can really fuck things up that are so like, that's one of my questions for the Lord. Why did you allow, why would you allow us to play with things Mm -hmm. like this, knowing that we're going to mess it up so bad? And I use that word intentionally because that that word is the only thing that applies to this. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to be crass or edgy. That There's just no other word to describe what happened to y'all. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I think for me, as y'all talk, I think about my own experiences and being the worship leader and, you know, how many times did I say intru- ask intrusive questions to the Waffle House server because I was hearing God on her behalf and who knows where she is today does she hate the church because this guy came in and ordered and then asked intrusive questions like who am I to ask that right I don't know her now I'm now please don't hear me say don't listen to the Holy Spirit yes I believe (laughs) the Holy Spirit speaks to us in moments that Invite us to do things that maybe are out of the social norm. I'm not saying don't listen. But I'm saying that when God speaks, people don't get hurt. Mm -hmm. When God speaks, people are lifted up. And they are empowered and they are encouraged and they are reminded of who they are. Mm -hmm. Not who they're not. Mm -hmm. And I hate that his questions potentially said things to you of who you're not. Because, Angela, you are a damn fine mom. (laughs) And, Emily, you are an incredible wife and mother. And you're married to an amazing man. I don't care when he met Jesus. (laughs) That that does not negate his greatness. I I think he, like, met Jesus, like, the second he entered the earth. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's he's that great of a guy. Right. Totally. (laughs) And he's freaking beautiful. He is beautiful. Like, I have a crush on him. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just, and Catherine, damn it, <laughs> that, I mean, I look at your own stories. I hate that you were conditioned. Yeah. I hate that I was conditioned. And the fact that in the moment, like I so resonate when you said, she's crying. Okay, God's going to move. I get mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I probably would have thought that too. Mm-hmm. But that's not Jesus. Mm-hmm. When he, when he moves us to tears, it's not tears of, of shame mm-hmm. or embarrassment. It's tears of joy. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just so sorry. Mm-hmm. I will Thank say you. on a uplifting note, you know, in the days and weeks after the podcast, we've gotten some really great feedback. You know, it's the ripple effect of like shared pain mm-hmm. can bring healing exponentially just by sharing it and we've had people reach out to us um, specifically in spiritual authority positions who have said 
this was really eye-opening. I want to be more careful about how I personally engage with others. So that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. And Catherine, I don't know if you want to talk about the use of the book. Oh, yeah. Well, first, let me say thank you, Brett and Emily, for Mm -hmm. saying that. But specifically, Brett, as a male authority, Mm -hmm. spiritual authority, I don't don't know if when we've retold the story, if we've had a guy say, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but I appreciate you saying that and taking time. I think Josh did. Mm-hmm. Um, the good guys do. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you at, as who you are. That means a lot. Um, yeah. So I mentioned the book Spiritual, Ath- Spiritual Authority in the first episode we yes. did on this. And that is a bizarre book. Yeah. <laughs> is the author Watchman Watch Me? Okay. Yeah. He had some other really good really books. Really great books. I know. Uh, that the, Something about the inner man the releasing the inner, the inner man. man. I have that breaking one. through the breaking of the outer man and the releasing of the, the spirit. Yes, yeah, that that is a good one. That's good. I think this book was translated uh-huh. from his sermons, Eastern. Mm, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, and, yep. and then like, well, first it was note taking from the sermons, oh. and then it was then translated to English. Yeah. <laughs> so like, not good. Like, <laughs> gonna yeah. miss. Kind of like the King James. I was just gonna yeah. say, <laughs> gonna but say now you're meddling. Okay. Long suffering. That's what the <laughs> that's what the King James calls patience. Long oh. suffering. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I had to, I did have someone reach out and say, "Hey, we're we're in a in a training school, and that is some of the curriculum, and we've just questioned whether or not we should use that." Mm-hmm. book so we're looking at another resource wow, just, wanted huge. To, just wanted to let you know that and yeah. so that was first off for that individual to reach back out but just the the fact that they are doing the work yes. is amazing and yes. hopeful you know it's very hopeful yeah because what this hit on was so many like macro issues like this was a very micro aggression that happened to you guys but it gives way to the cultural issues at play of of patriarchy and spiritual authority and women not having voices and mm. all that kind of stuff that is a bigger problem in the church so two things i would say um i kind of thought was fun was i went and looked at his social media <laughs> oh and God. you guys Just clearly troll. Troll. you guys clearly have way more of a following than he does <laughs> and there's this, just a sense of justice in that for me but Brad, I mean, Brad, Brett, he's a kingdom coach. That's right. Oh, oh yeah. He's got a small kingdom. <laughs> okay. Um, here's the question I've been wanting to ask, and I can't wait to hear your answer, and I don't know what it's going to be. <laughs> Why have you not named him? Why do you let him hide behind Bon Guava? This is a hard question for me to answer. And just to be transparent, I don't know if I'm still conditioned. So just grace to me as I process this. You know, if I'm still conditioned to like yeah. not keep ex- secrets. Protect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think I struggle with that this is a one sided conversation. Oh, you guys did have this com okay. You mentioned this in your podcast. Unpack that a little more, what you mean by that. I don't have a relationship with Bon Guava currently and can't ask him these things. Mm -hmm. And so I often wonder, would that produce any fruit? I don't think it would, but you know, would, would it? And that's my first kind of hang up 
And then, yeah, my second is just, I'm probably a little afraid, Mm -hmm. if I'm going to be honest. I'm probably a little afraid. I hate to say that. Uh, No, of of what? Of the backlash? Of the 200 followers he has on Twitter? (laughs) (laughs) It's 300. Give him what he's he's earned. I think my... My temperament is, is in general just a quiet um, rumbling. I don't necessarily feel the need to like, yeah, hey, take out the system. And when I yeah. do, I'm, I'm think I'm afraid of what people would think. I'm afraid of, yes, maybe feedback from him. I'm afraid that, what if he was very well intended and we missed it. Mm. I don't believe that, yeah. but you know, those yeah. are, those are fears. Sure. Fears are irrational most of the time. Do you still fear? I'm asking this as an Enneagram one, but, um, cause we're one sisters here. Yeah. So do you still fear like if I do that, would it be the wrong thing? And, and like, is that not what God wants me to do? Would God want me to do that? That's a great question. Uh, I think when this happened, for sure, mm-hmm. I would have been like, the Lord would have me cover this individual yeah, and, covered not, multitude and not speak mm-hmm. ill toward about this human, not even to like friends, you know, mm-hmm. but I think now I, it's just like, it's like being on thin ice. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not familiar enough, so I'm not confident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've not been here before. I don't know how to navigate this. Yeah. What about you, Ange? Um, so I I have three reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the first reason is sort of macro level. I just in general feel uh, sad for the takedown culture mm-hmm. that we live in. Mm-hmm. And, and though I would happily take down Bon Guava, mm-hmm. I just think from a value standpoint, I think that there are better ways if we were going to address him, I would want to address him. Sure. First. Totally. Not use our platform to try to take him down. The second part of that is choosing where I'm going to spend my energy. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be focusing on him and his small kingdom coaching. I'm going to focus on mobilizing our community mm-hmm. and empowering women and raising up a beautiful group of vocal women who from this day forward will Mm -hmm. recognize abuse of any kind Mm -hmm. and hopefully ideally Mm -hmm. be able to say, Oh, I remember listening to a podcast. Mm -hmm. No, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to do that. You're not going to answer your questions. (laughs) You're being invasive. Right. Um, But then the third part of it, and it's the only part that I wrestle with is, I have said, hey, if you text me or if you DM me, I'll tell you his name. And I've had several people say, hey, you told me that you... And I haven't explicitly named him, but to like three people who were close to us. But where I do second guess myself is if he's still preying upon people. Yeah, right. And I still think even if, even, even if yes, the answer was yes, he's still preying upon people. I really think our next step would be to address him first. Mm -hmm. 
and try to approach it from that because I know he has a perspective and it's not gonna he's not gonna share in our experience right his perspective is not ours he will right. never agree to what we're saying um but I would want to go to him first mm-hmm. and that hasn't been done by yet. going to him do you mean just writing him a letter and say we think <laughs> you did this because to be honest well I can see it two ways so what I know about victim offender mediation, even in terms of crime or prison visits is that victim offender where there's been an offender and he is an offender, even if he doesn't feel like one, right. In the case of emotional abuse or extreme narcissism, um, they're never going to say they, their shame actually prevents them from seeing that they've done harm. So it is no, there's no way he could own this because it would break down his whole identity. Mm. It's, 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 uh, it's psychologically impossible. Mm-hmm. So, um, we could just stay there for a minute. Yeah. Okay. I just like Very need to, oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> no, we keep going. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. wow. So, cause the, cause he has pathological narcissist behavior. Like who, who would ever think they could do that other than, because I've known a lot of pastors who probably have done some, you know, spiritual abusive things, but the ones who would prey mm-hmm. upon a stranger, isolate them, ask them about their sex lives, um, entrap, without a single with ounce no, of empathy, with coolness and calculate. No, that is like pathological. Mm-hmm. So he he like couldn't own this. Mm-hmm. So there's no conversation. So. Like in the case of victim offender mediation, it's like it's always victim initiated. Like someone killed my dad and that guy's in prison now. They don't get to say, I want to talk to that person and tell them all about how horrible you know, Emily's dad was and this is why I killed him. They don't get to do that. They were the offender who murdered my dad. But I could say, I want to meet my dad's killer. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to hire a victim offender mediator and we're going to go and we're going to have this conversation. So number one, you guys would have to initiate anything like that. But number two, he actually doesn't really deserve a conversation. You're not after a conversation, I don't think. You know, I mean, there's no good that really comes out of hearing his perspective because he can't own anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is where I get really hopeless. Yeah, I'm I g- sorry. No. <laughs> no. Welcome to yeah. Jesus said love. It's hard. It, I yeah. know. I, it, and I think my brain has run down those paths a little bit and go, why even? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's more about your, the only, the only good is that you acknowledge the harm that's been done. And you're just speaking your truth and you just want him to know but the other thing I think to your question of the number three reason or fourth question was like what if he's doing this to other people Mm -hmm. and that's where it's like do we make a report to the company that he's being hired by and we report what's happened and that's the thrust Angela and I are fellow eights Um, that's the thrust behind my question to begin with is could could making him since he was public in his in in how he pursued you and to make him to 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 use his name then lets other people know wow this was their experience i mean it's like carl lentz gets outed mm-hmm. and 
Ravi Zachariah. I mean, we could go down the list of pastor after pastor who gets outed. And again, I'm also with you too, Angela, on the whole cancel. I'm not interested in, like, I feel like gr- if grace is available to me, grace is even available to Bonguava. Totally. As hard as it is Correct. to say. He just has to do that work. On Correct. He's got to do that work. You can't do yeah, that with him. I, I don't want to ruin his life. Sure. He yeah. didn't ruin mine. Right. There's a lot of beauty from the ashes that yes. remain. And so I, I don't, I don't, I think I just always struggle with what is my responsibility to people who could be under his care. Mm-hmm. And if I knew conclusively that he was in a position or a job where this type of stuff is still going on, I would have to say something to someone. I don't really even know who. So, but. Yeah. Unfortunately, this is the way, this is the other problem with this system of like life coaching or kingdom coaching if you're a social worker and you have these ethical yes. violations, there no, you report it. Correct. There's right? no one to report any there's of this n- to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Other than people that you know are hiring him. You Which know? is who even knows now. Who even knows? So, yeah. Em, what were you going to say? Emily? I oddly don't have any words. <laughs> I don't have anything <laughs> to add. Um, I think I'll, I share all those same reasons. And I don't think I really realized until the last couple of years how high of a justice meter I really have. <laughs> um, but it is high, and it's it's really hard for me to think that someone sitting on the other side might have a faint memory in, in, in his mind about our conversation and feel really good about it without knowing our perspective. I think more than... Getting his perspective, I want him to know what what it felt like on our end. And, mm-hmm. yeah, getting to talk about it out loud is a huge first step. Um, I think the first time that I had even, yeah, spoken out loud about it was about three weeks ago. And so um, I think now to even wrap my head around making it definitively public with his name and pursuing the thought of letting these words go into his ears is kind of um, like a whole nother part to all this Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. very long drawn out processing. Hey, I have an idea. Why don't I just send him our podcast? I was exactly. ju- see, I was just about to say, see, eights think alike. I was about to say. <laughs> I was thinking that too. Why don't you just, just send like him the subtle, podcast? Just like a subtle, hey, yeah. you may want to. Throw him on the mailing yeah. list. Hey, yeah. worm tongue. <laughs> no, for real, hey, you said though, that. Hey, I, I do as we as we wrap up, and I, yeah, we got to wrap this up. This is going to have to be a two-parter. Three-parter. This no. gonna have, not a three-parter, <laughs> but a two-parter for sure. Um, I think this whole thing shines the spotlight, number one, on the devastating nature of spiritual abuse. Mm-hmm. But number two, who do you tell? Mm-hmm. Like who, how does someone, how is someone held accountable mm-hmm. as a spiritual abuser? You know, physical, sexual, those are all reported to law enforcement and things like that. But pastors are getting away with this kind of stuff right and left every day. Mm-hmm. And, if it's bad enough, I guess you could go to the elders or the deacons or whoever's the governing yeah, body. But, but even still, they're going to be like, "Okay, yeah, woman, yeah, mm-hmm. thank you." 
you're, the next. you're not you're not being you're not you're not submitted enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, courageous women who are definitely empowering so many more across the nation, across the globe. I love I mean, seeing it is, you this two thing shared is a force. in different countries. Refit is a force to be reckoned with. For and sure. Refit, what is it? Refitrev.com. Yeah. That's it. And all the things. Just go buy this buy the shirts. Listen to the podcasts. Um yeah. I we know you guys personally. We call you friends. You're not just professionals to us, but thanks for doing this. Yes. I know every time you go into the story, it raises yeah. wounds. So, so take care of yourselves. We're going to call and be like, are you taking care of yourselves <laughs> now that we have had to open open this up again? Because it yeah. it's intense. And if you're, intense. Out, if you're out there and you've been listening to this and you feel like you've been in a situation where you have been spiritually abused, or if you're a spiritual abuser, I mean, email us, brett at jesussaidlove.com, two T's, and Jesus, and Emily at jesussaidlove.com. We'd love to talk to you. Like, I, I have something to say about this on the abuser side. Sure. As well, as well as I've been abused. And I know Emily does yeah. as well. And, you know, if if you want to talk with the refit gals, Ace, Angela, Cappy, Emily, um, you can go to their website, get their emails. We'll put it in the show notes. And if you want to talk to them, they're so cool. You can talk to them as well. But we have to shine a spotlight on this issue because it's happening and people are going to their grave damaged and that's not how Jesus intended it. Yeah. So let's stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. (laughs) Collaborate and listen. There There you go. go. (laughs) Wrapping it up. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. We love you and we hope that you continue to share your beautiful love. Hey, thanks for joining the Jesus Said Love podcast. We are so glad you have chosen to awaken hope and empower change with us. We want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. Yes. Because your voice matters. It's how we get this message into the world. And lastly, be sure to follow Jesus Said Love on Instagram and Facebook for up-to-date info. And visit the website at JesusSaidLove.com for how you can join the JSL fam. Until next time. Share the love.